The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. Can't believe it's June. Wow. Nothing goes quicker than the summer. Like literally nothing. We are going to blink and it's going to be September. But you know what? It's okay because we're living in the moment and we're enjoying every second of it. Last weekend, I was at a wedding. Surprise, surprise. And I just have to tell you a little bit of just some tidbits from the wedding. So this was a couple that he had pursued her for three years before she agreed to date him. And I love that. I love that, you know, you know, I always say like the guy has to like love the woman a little bit more in a hetero situation. And that certainly was the case with them. I actually remember he called me. So I'm friendly with both of them separately and together. And he called me many a time in the beginning of his pursuit. And he would say, you know, I said this and she said this, you know, what should I say or what should I do? And I gave him my advice and... I'm not going to lie to you guys. I basically, you know, after giving him advice for a while, I was like, you know, just give it up. And part of the the reason was because I'm friendly with her too. And she would be like, yeah, no, like I'm just, I'm not into that. Like, and so I was just trying to play middleman. And I really, I really was like, you know, give it up. And he never did, except at one point he realized that she was never going to really go out with him. And he said this, all of this in his speech at the wedding, which was so amazing. I wish I could get him. I need to get him to send it to me because it was so good and it needs to be shared. But basically he said he kind of conceded in his pursuit of her and he sent her a text and he said, Hey, you know, I feel like ultimately we're probably better as friends. Basically saying like, I'm going to stop pursuing you but what I would love is to have a friendship with you because you're wonderful and I would love to have you in my life. Of course, no surprise there. That is when she decided, wait a second, I could be into this guy. And it's so funny. I don't know why we do this as women. Like we, a lot of the time are just not interested. And she had a history of dating guys who were like kind of fuck boyish. I mean, we all have, by the way, I have too. And she, I think the second that he backed off a little bit and instead was like, oh no, you know, we should be friends. Of course, she's now intrigued and interested, which is so funny. And it's not like I'm saying to do that if you're a guy pursuing, like you should pursue for sure. But in this, this was a unique scenario where he was like pursuing for three years and she was so not into it. And then, you know, eventually she was. And they're the most amazing couple. And what I love is that because he pursued her so hard, it took so long, he is the most appreciative of his wife. I mean, he's just like, he's just beyond, beyond obsessed and that's how it should be. I love that. I mean, of course, the woman should be obsessed too in this that situation and she is. But, you know, always a nice little buffer when the man is just a little bit more into it in 
my opinion and from what I've shared with you guys before. It was truly a beautiful wedding and an amazing weekend. And now this past weekend, we are off from weddings and we have one next weekend, of course. But it's been nice to have some time off. And luckily, all these weddings are absolutely beautiful in amazing places. And I just feel so lucky to be invited to these weddings at all because it's just, I love love, you know, I really do. Last week, we spoke a little bit about the four horsemen. It is something that was a term that was coined by the Gottman Institute, which is a couple who created this method of relationships. Honestly, I I don't know exactly what it is, but they're two people with a lot of degrees who know what they're talking about. Okay. So the four horsemen or our criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And if you don't find a way to work with these four horsemen, they ruin your relationship. And I would actually argue that contempt alone could ruin your relationship. But let's get into these. So the first one is criticism. Criticizing your partner is, it's not necessarily critiquing them or voicing something that's wrong with you, but it's saying like, you never do this for me. And it really upsets me. You're just so selfish and you never think about me. And that's criticism. Whereas instead of saying, going straight to like, you do this all the time and it's really upsetting, you can say something like, it made me so worried when you were running late and you didn't give me a heads up. I really, it means the world's like, if I feel like in an ideal situation for me, you'd give me a heads up that you're running late. So I'm in the know of where you are and what you're doing, right? Instead of just saying, you didn't give, you don't ever give me heads up and and generalizing it and making it a bigger thing. So it doesn't mean you're doomed necessarily if you criticize each other. It just means that it leads the other partner to feel rejected and hurt and like a perpetrator and you're the victim and that eventually could lead to the next horseman, which is contempt, which is my least favorite thing ever in relationships. And it's basically when you think you're better than your partner. And this is what I think, I really think this alone can lead to a relationship ending. And I've been the person who thinks they're better than a partner in the past. And I've been in a relationship where my partner thinks they're better than me in the past. And it's horrible. It is a horrible feeling. And for both people involved, and just no, like contempt is the single greatest predictor of divorce, according to the Gottman Institute, the single greatest predictor, right? So contempt goes beyond criticism. Criticism, as we just talked about, it attacks your partner's character, right? But contempt, again, it's it. you think you're superior to this person, completely beyond them. You think you are better than them. You ridicule them. You, you, know, you make fun of them. You roll your eyes at them. You scoff at them. 
And you might be hearing this being like, but I scoff at my partner all the time. I rolled my eyes at my partner before. It doesn't mean we're getting divorced. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't. You can have moments where you scoff, moments where you eye roll. But if this becomes a consistent thing, then it's got to go. It's got to go. And I'm going to talk after this four horsemen thing about a moment in my marriage recently where I legit thought for a second, we could get a divorce based on this fight and the way we are fighting right now. So I'm going to talk to you about that. But contempt is being mean. It's really being mean. It's treating your partner with disrespect. And that's not okay. And so how do you combat this? Well, instead of being mean and saying, oh, you're tired. Well, I've been doing this all day and you slept in and blah, blah, blah. And you know, instead of that, just don't think like that. Think of your partner as your equal and don't think of yourself as above them. And if you do think of yourself if you're as yourself, as you are above your partner, why? What makes you better than this person, right? Maybe they slept in one day and you were disgusted by that, okay? But maybe you did something another day. Like there's no reason to, like your reasoning behind going at your partner like this is to make them feel worthless. Why? Why would you ever want to make your partner feel worthless? Like that is something to really, really determine. And then that leads to defensiveness. Defensiveness is the most common, most common thing out of, I would say, these four things that we do. And I am the queen of defensiveness. I have totally been defensive before. And I'll be defensive again. But it's just really important to be aware that this is a behavior that could lead to damaging a relationship. And it needs to, it needs to be something that you're aware that you're doing and you need to work at not being defensive. So for example, if your partner says, like, did you call, like, did you do this? You know, did you do this thing? Do you call them and tell them we're gonna be late for dinner? Or like the other day, we got a garage for the month of June and Stephen was like, did you call the garage and find out like our barcode or, you know, whatever it is that we need. And I was like, I think I said something like, well, why don't you do it? Like I already, I already made the reservation. Like, why don't you call the garage? When in reality, I could have just been like, oh, I forgot. That's my fault. Like, let me call them now and figure it out. Because if you think of something as an attack and it's not your fault, it might be where you came from. Maybe what you saw with your parents growing up, the way your relationship was like with your sibling, you felt like you needed to protect yourself, right? It's not a successful strategy though, because then it seems like you don't take responsibility for your mistake. You're responding defensively and you're reversing blame in order to make the other partner feel like it's their fault. And does that work? No, it doesn't. It doesn't work, you know? And the more you own something, the more they're going to own something and so on and so forth. 
I actually find it so attractive when my partner's like, oh yeah, I, yeah, I should have done that. I'm going to, I'm going to do that now. I'm just like, oh, you're that confident that you're admitting and accepting and going to do something like, why can't I be more like, you know? So definitely defensiveness, not cute. And the last one is stonewalling. And this I can't relate to personally because I could, I would never ever do this, which is basically when you withdraw from the interaction and shut down and stop responding to your partner. I am the opposite of a stonewaller. I don't know what the opposite of a stonewaller is, but I'm the opposite. I immediately want to fix something as soon as it's happened. I I don't know if that's like a Jewish thing, but or like a, a thing that I saw my parents do, but I'm like, we are not done here. We are not done here. Like that's my whole vibe. I'm like, the last thing I want to do, especially with my partner is be passive aggressive. And stonewalling to me comes off as passive aggressive. Granted, I know that some of you might be listening and say, that's what I do. And that's just what my body does. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it. It's just how my body reacts to things. But no, to me, stonewalling, it's, it's not confronting the issue with your partner. It's tuning out, acting busy, trying to distract yourself from the reality, which is that you and your partner are having an issue. So address it, you know, like stop staring out the window, sad, turn to your partner and discuss it rationally, you know, or if your partner really, or you are really someone that can't do that in a heated moment, then you can say, you know what? I'm feeling a little too upset right now to talk about this. And I've, I've actually said this before. So I, like, I'm feeling too upset. I need a second. Can we take like 10 minutes? I want to calm down a little bit and then let's revisit this. I don't believe in going to bed angry. I just don't like it. I don't think it's good vibes, good energy for your marriage, for your relationship. I do. I personally wouldn't need more than like 15 minutes to cool down. So I would probably say, can I have like 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is that you need. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to do something that stops making me feel like emotionally overwhelmed and then revisit the conversation. So that's that's what I do. Each of these behaviors has a positive behavior, which we kind of briefly discussed, that counteracts that negative energy. So like for stonewalling, if you feel like you shut down what we just talked about, you know what? I'm feeling a little angry. Let's revisit this. Going back to the first criticism, instead of saying you did this, you did that, you say your when you did this, it made me feel this way. I don't think that you intended for this to be the case. So blah, blah, blah. Second, you know, you're tired. I'm tired. Blah, blah, blah. I don't have to deal with you. You're pathetic. Nope. Just don't say that. Instead, you know, just don't, just don't do that at all. Defensiveness. Instead of saying, I couldn't do this. Why didn't you do that? Just say, you're right. I should have done this. And stonewalling need 20 minutes. So I hope that was helpful to you guys to explain what those are. Don't get me wrong. I love all these weddings. But what I will say is that sometimes there's too much food at a wedding. And I can't say no to it because it's free and it tastes really good. And then I'm just like 
feeling a little less like myself during the week. And so what I really love to do is order some Saqqara. Saqqara is the best way to eat what you want, what you love without sacrificing the quality of the food and the quantity of the food. It's really amazing. So Car is a wellness company that's anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. So they know every superfood that you ever need in your life. And they've got nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfast, lunch, and dinners that are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients that help boost your energy, support your nutrition, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. It's also an amazing thing to do if you're getting married soon or just want to look your best this summer because feeling good starts with what you eat. It's really the truth. It's really like abs. They're made in the kitchen. They're made in the kitchen and they're really made with amazing, amazing meals that are nutrient dense. And Sakar also has great snacks. They've got their bars. They, I take their probiotics every single morning Second I wake up, I have two probiotics and I start my day that way. I also love their detox tea. It's really amazing, especially for in-between meals. doesn't matter how hot it gets outside. I still love the detox tea. And their breakfasts are delish. Their granola, mm, chef's kiss. So right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Acme or enter code Acme at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme to get 20% off your first order. Definitely try it if you haven't already. Sakara.com slash Acme. We have so many exciting mixers coming up for you this summer. It is crazy. And one of them, which we recently announced, is We Met at Camp, which I could not be more excited for. Don't worry. It's not going to be a fire festival vibe. It's going to be a full-on camp vibe. And I could not have made it happen without Issue. Issue is the best most amazing platform to be able to get creative with your online presence and your business and stand out from the rest. You can create the content in with issue, without issue, but then you can use issue to share it all around, post it to your website, send it to your clients, etc. It's an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines, catalogs, portfolios, presentations, PDFs, and more. So if you're like, well, how do I do this if I'm already working with another app that does this? Well, guess what? Issue works seamlessly with the tools that you already use, like Canva, which I use and love, Dropbox, and InDesign. It's designed to help creators, marketers, designers, and really anyone who wants to make their content stand out above all the rest. You can actually use Issue for free or you can use the premium, which gives you a more customized experience. So get started with Issue today for free. Or if you sign up for an annual premium account, you can get 50% off when you go to issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME. That's issue.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME at checkout for your free account or 50% off your annual premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code ACME and your designs will be flawless. 
What's the vibes? I'm EJ, head of special projects at DBA, and this is Who's On Content, a show that explores and dissects the influential, behavioral-altering power of content through thought-provoking, culturally relevant, and industry-shifting dialogues. We're chatting with social media platform leaders, marketers, journalists, and content creators contributing to the content shaping the global society we live in. I mean, folks, let's face it. Content is everywhere. It's visual. It's audible. Hell, it's even edible. Go with me for a second. The content of your favorite restaurant informs the content of your Yelp review. (laughs) See what we did there? Tune in to hear who's on content. And now I'm going to give you a little insight to my almost divorce fight with Stephen. So a few weekends ago, it was my friend's, our friend actually, her son's first birthday party. And this is actually the friend that is the reason that I kind of know who Stephen is in the first place. They went to high school together, but now I'm closer with her. And it was her friend's first, her friend, her son's first birthday party. She invited us to go. Would she have cared if we didn't, it was in the suburbs, we're in the city. We don't have a car, but, and, but she invited us to go. And would she have cared if we didn't go? No, she wouldn't have. But we said yes. We committed to going and we thought it'd be really nice to show up for them on their son's first birthday. I feel like the you got you go to the first birthday of the kid and then like you're off the hook. Like no one really cares about like two, three, four, five, six, but like at least go to the first. Try to make that effort. We also hadn't really been out there to the suburbs where they moved to hang out with them. And so we really wanted, uh, we wanted to go. I wanted to sh- us to show up for them. Did Steven want to go? Probably not. He doesn't really care. But is he my husband and we do things together like that and show up for our friends as a unit? Yes, for sure. And if you're listening to this, of course, Steven wanted to go. But you know, I told you the story already. This is just me talking to the friend. <laughs> okay. So... Stephen had gone out the night before. We were, this this was a Sunday birthday. And Stephen had gone out the night before with his old coworkers. And they finished a few bottles of wine. He's not a big drinker, but when he's in the right moment with, you know, old coworkers having a good time, they were celebrating business things. He he got a little drunk and he comes out and he knows that we're going to this birthday party the next morning. He's very aware. And we're leaving early too. I think we're waking up at 9.15, out the door at 10. And we are borrowing my uncle who lives in the city, his car, which he very kindly offered us for this journey that we're going on. So Stephen gets home. I I don't, what was I doing? I was having a sushi dinner with a girlfriend that night. And then I went to bed relatively early knowing I had to wake up. 9.15 isn't early, but like for a Sunday, you know, when you want to sleep in. And Stephen gets home later on, I think like 1.32, like nothing crazy. And he goes to bed. I go to bed. I wake up. You know, he's struggling to wake up. He's pretty hungover. And I gently remind him, and I'm being like very good sweet wife with him, gently remind him that, you know, we're heading out to, we're heading to, let's call it Scarsdale. It's like Ardsley, basically Scarsdale. It's it's Westchester. And when I checked how long it was going to take 
for us to get there. It said an hour and a half. This was the night before at like 11 p.m. before I went to bed. I checked and it said it was going to take us an hour and a half. And I figured if it's going to take an hour and a half at 11 p.m. to get to Westchester from the city, it's definitely going to take longer in peak traffic in the morning, right? Because why would there be like traffic at 11 p.m.? It just didn't. So I was like, okay, we we have to leave. The, the party started at 11. And so I was like, we have to leave. Or did it start at 10.30? No, no, no. It started at 11.30, I think. So I was like, we have to leave at 10. So we get there at 11.30. Anyway... Steven wakes up. He's not in good form. I gently remind him that we are driving my uncle's car. I could have driven, but he likes to be the person who drives when we're both in the car. I will admit he is probably a more cautious driver. I'm not going to call him a better driver than me, but he's more cautious. So I I kind of had to say, you know, wake up, shower. I am, we're getting the car and you are driving. We're getting my uncle's car. So we have to get to my uncle's, get the car and you're, you know, driving us to Westchester for the birthday. And at this point, there's no shot that we're not going to the birthday. I even went to Kith and got cute little kid stuff for the kid. Like we're not, we're not missing this birthday. And so he, he's a good sport. He goes in the shower. I make the bed, you know, again, nice, good little wife trying to make his life easier for this situation. And I even got him a Gatorade. Okay. Two, I got him two Gatorades. So I'm doing all the right things, all the right things. And he finally is ready. And he's like, you know, how long is it going to take for us to get there? And I'm thinking an hour and a half. Because again, remember I checked the night before it said an hour and a half. So we go get the car for my uncle. We get in the car and he starts driving and he's just in a mood, like a hungover mood. And I am being so sweet and agreeable and really trying to, you know, get us in a good groove for this child's birthday. We want to bring good energy. Yeah, you're a little hungover, but like life will go on. Okay. So we're driving and we're about to start and he puts the address into the navigation and it says 40 minutes, which means he, I was wrong. It wasn't an hour, 30 minutes. For some reason, it said that the night before and he could have slept for another 40 minutes, but I didn't know that. Okay. I was going off what I checked the night before and I guess I didn't check again in the morning, but like I'm not perfect, okay? And Mercury's retrograde. We're all bound to have some mishaps. Again, I'm not perfect. And he is furious. He's like, I could have slept another 40 minutes. He does that. And this is such a common couple's argument. Like if you are in a couple or ever have been, you've experienced this. He does the, if I did that to you, then we would... And it's so funny. I told all my girlfriends after this about 
like the fight and they were like, oh my God, the if I did that to you, they were like, my husband loves the if I did that to you argument. So he's like, if I did this to you, you, and I'm like, but you didn't. And I did. And I'm sorry, let's move along. Okay. So he's like, well, what are we going to do? We're sitting in the car and we can't be 30 minutes early to this birthday party. And I'm like, why don't we go into Scarsdale town? There's a nice little place called Scarsdale bagel. We'll get a little bagel and life will go on. Okay. Life will go on. So he's like, fine. So we're driving, whatever. And all of a sudden we, luckily there was actually traffic. So we weren't that early to the birthday party, but right before we got there, it started raining and we're in my uncle's car. We've never used the car before. So we don't really know certain things. We, that car, the make of the car, we are not used to using. So it starts raining and I do this thing, which gets me into a lot of trouble. I got it, this behavior from my mother. I will say that I know something if I don't actually know it. I don't know why I do it. Well, I do know why it's because of my mom, but I'll do that. And so almost immediately when it starts raining and Steven doesn't know where the windshield wipers are. So I'm like, oh, it's here. So I kind of reach over and I put on what I think is the windshield wiper in the car because in in my car or cars that I've driven, that's what it is. Nope. I accidentally put the car in reverse as he was driving. Guys, I'm already in the doghouse. He's already livid with me for existing and bringing him to this baby's birthday party in Westchester when he's hung over on a Sunday. We usually don't do a lot on Sunday. And now I've put the car in reverse. He freaks out at me and he's like, oh my God, what are you doing? You just put the car in reverse as I was driving it. We could have got an accident. We could have died. As you can see, tensions are very high and I'm not really fighting back because I'm like, yeah, that was bad. I didn't mean to put the car in reverse, but like, yeah, that was pretty bad. Anyway, we get to the birthday and of course we do the cat, like the classic couple, like get it together and then walk in and we're like, hi, how are you? We're so happy to be here, blah, blah, blah. It ended up being so great. There was amazing chicken. There were amazing chicken fingers at the party and pizza. So like what could go, what could be bad about that? My friend was so happy we came. We brought the cutest little gifts and it ended up being fine. But we were still, the second we left the party, fight is back on. If you live in Austin or near Austin or just want to take a trip to Austin, then please do because we have a show in Austin on November 10th. It's a Thursday night. It's going to be so much fun. And you can get your ticket at the link in bio for my Instagram. So absolutely run and do that now if you haven't already or plan your trip to Austin because who wouldn't want to go to Austin? Also, I'm going to be hanging out there all of that weekend because it's my friend's wedding. So maybe we could do a meetup too. Get your ticket. Check out the link in my bio at We Met at Acme on Instagram. We are still just like in it. And I'm like, I literally, I'm like, 
this guy's a fucking asshole. Like, you know, like I'm just like, I am done with him. Like I was so nice all morning. I didn't mean to put the car in reverse. I didn't mean to get there early. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be feeling horrible about this. Like I'm done. And so now I'm like fighting back. I'm like, you know what? I've had enough. I didn't do anything wrong, blah, blah, blah. And so we're just going at it. And then eventually he apologizes. But then like, you know when it's just not enough. So we got home and we're like finally relaxed. And he's like finally in a good mood again, like eating Thai food or something. And I'm like, you know what? And he's like trying to be all lovey-dovey with me. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm still really disturbed by the way that you were before. And he like gives me a heartfelt apology and whatever. But I literally said to him, I was like, that was the first time I was like, wow, divorce could happen, you know? And every single person I spoke to was like, yeah, that's a divorce fight. Like it's one of the many divorce fights that happen in your first year of marriage and then you get past it. And I'm like, what? I thought this was supposed to be a honeymoon. Anyway, usually it is, but that was quite the fight. And you know what? I blame him because other than the two very innocent mistakes that I made, I think I was pretty fine. Otherwise, you know, I was pretty good wife. I got him a Gatorade wasn't trying to ruin his life. We had committed to this plan. Anyway, moving on from that. So I had a situation recently where I had to go to the gynecologist. I've talked about this before, but I have HPV. Literally every woman does and every man is a carrier. The other day, and this is so funny, and this is why like women get along with women quicker and get deeper with with women quicker than men do with men. Because I literally sat down at dinner with my girlfriends the other night. We had like a big girls dinner and I was like, Ugh, I have HPV again. And, and two of them were like, Ugh, me too. And the other one was like, me too. So when you have HPV in your pap, it's actually not called an irregular pap smear. It's just like, according to the, the gynecologist that I saw, it just like is HPV in, in your whatever cervix, whatever. And so sometimes they have to do this thing called a colposcopy, which I've had done before in the past. And they're checking to make sure the HPV is not something that could lead to cervical cancer. And so they check. It was fine in the past. Then because the HPV showed up again, they had to do another colposcopy or that's what they told me, right? I go to a clinic for my gynecologist because I have terrible health insurance because I work for myself. And that's a whole other subject that I could go on and on about. But I have really bad health insurance. And so I go to this clinic. It's actually really great, except the fact that when you go to a clinic, you get a different person every time. It's like a mixed bag, right? You're not always getting the same doctor necessarily. Or maybe you are at some clinics, but not, not in this case. And so I'm going in for a colposcopy and I also had some questions, right? I had been dealing with, oh my God, if you're a guy, skip ahead because this is not for you. But like women will understand what I mean. I was dealing with what I thought was BV, which is kind of like a yeast infection without the yeast. Like it's a little itchy and like the smells are questionable. And like, God, I, I can't believe I'm even saying this right now because it's like, it's embarrassing, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be embarrassing. Like women get this all the time. BV is the one of the most common things that women can get. And it's not necessarily sexually transmitted. It's just like a thing. 
You can get it from sex, but whatever. Anyway, so I'm also going into this doctor, this gynecologist to ask them about BV and if they can prescribe me something. And I also wanted to talk about other stuff like my period and you know, whatever. I'm in the office or like in the room, in the examination room, and I'm with the nurse and it's a woman who's so sweet. We're shooting the shit. We're talking about Roe versus Wade. And then all of a sudden, the gynecologist walks in and it is a man. And there's nothing wrong with a male gynecologist. Like, you know, they're very professional. They have degrees. They're somebody's dad, you know, but it's not for me. It's just not for me. I do not want to put my feet on stirrups and put my vagina in the face of a man. And I don't think that anyone should have to if they aren't asked ahead of time if they're okay with that. And it is a controversial subject. Like I asked as a poll, and I think it was like 65 people percent of people would be okay with a male sorry, would not be okay with a male gynecologist. And I actually had a friend who reached out and she was like, I'm only okay with a male gynecologist. And I was like, oh, go off, sweetie. I'm not. I'm not. Something about putting my vagina in a guy's face gives me the ick, unless I'm dating them, right? Unless they're my husband, unless they're my boyfriend, whatever. I don't want to put my vagina in your face and I definitely don't want your hands inside of it. Absolutely fucking not. Especially when I might have BV. Okay. And I want to talk to you about it. So this man comes in. I don't have also, also, sorry, one more thing. If you've ever been like assaulted or raped, God forbid in the past, or like had even a questionable sexual situation that you don't know if it were rape, you probably don't want a male gynecologist. It is triggering. It's actually triggering. I mean, it triggered me and I you know, have not really been in that situation. I mean, I might've had one questionable situation where I don't know if he was taking advantage of me or not, but it doesn't matter. It was triggering. Okay. It is such a vulnerable position, no pun intended, for your legs to be on stirrups in a fucking gynecologist's office. You don't want it to be a man in there. But I did not feel like I was asked if I were okay with a man going like in there. And the man walks in and it's just me and the man and the nurse. And I'm trying and I start to say something. I start to be like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm okay with this. And I was like, oh, and then I got scared and nervous and like shy and weird and insecure. And then I also was like, I don't want to offend this man who is clearly a professional. And what if he's the only gynecologist on duty? And I want to get this colposcopy out of the fucking way and I want to be done. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck do you know what's going on with my vagina? You don't have one. You don't have one. Okay. And why, why did you want to be a gynecologist. Like all of these thoughts are going in my head right now. I'm like, why did you growing up as a kid say, when I grow up, I want to be a gynecologist and look at women's vaginas. Like I just, I'm spiraling and I can't say anything. And I don't, honestly, I don't want to offend this guy because he did nothing wrong, but show up to his place of work and try to help a woman who might have harmful HPV situation, right? But I am having a panic attack, panic attack 
Okay. So whatever it happens, nothing was, it was like the least, nothing about him was like trying to make it sexual. He was 100% professional. It wasn't about that. It still fucking disturbed me. And even when he was like going in with the the clamps or whatever, I was like, you don't even know. This is so gross. I'm so sorry, God. But he, I was like, you don't even know where the hole is because like a lot of guys don't. And he struggled for a second and then he figured it out. But like my female gynecologist goes right and she knows exactly where she's going. And so I was like, oh my God, this whole situation, I'm, I'm, I'm like going to throw up. And he goes in and luck. So a colposcopy is when they take a piece, like they cut a piece of your cervix off and they test it. Luckily, when he went in, he figured out that there was nothing like alarming. And so he didn't have to, he did something with vinegar. I'm, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. And he was like, yeah, you don't have to, like, you're good. We don't need to do like a full coposcopy. Like everything looks good. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Thank God. And I was like, it's over. But then I was like, fuck, I have to ask this guy about a prescription for my BV or like what I think might be BV. So he's like getting ready to go. And I was like, oh wait, like I, um, like I need a prescription to BV or something like that. Like I kind of whispered it and he was like, what? You have BV? And I was like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, like I might have it. And he's like, oh, why? Like, why do you think you have, I think it's like bacterial vaginosis or something. He's like, why do you think you have that? And I'm like, why do I think I have this? What do you want me to say, dude? Like, you know, I didn't say this obviously, but in my head, I'm like, I don't know, because my vagina is itching and it smells kind of different than it usually does. Like, what do you want me to say, dude? A woman would not be like, why do you think you have BV? She would be like, oh, have you had it before? Okay, so you, you're just sure. Okay, let me send you, write you a prescription, girl. Like, no, dude, I'm not gonna fucking tell you. And mind you, he was making small talk with me before that when he was going in my vagina, asking me what I do for a living. I tell them I have a podcast. He's like, oh, I should listen to it. No, no, absolutely not. You should not listen to my podcast if you've been inside my vagina to examine it. Nah, no. I know you're trying to make small talk. I get it. I get it. I actually, I like small talk when a woman is caressing my breast as a gynecologist to make sure that, you know, there's no breast cancer. But no, no, no. I just, I can't. So anyway, I literally am like telling him why I think I have BB. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's BV. Anyway, he doesn't give me a prescription. And then I'm like asking him questions about my period. I'm like, why why am I even asking this person? He's a man. (sighs) I leave the appointment. And this is like, yeah, I know I'm like trying to be funny, but like I actually started hysterically crying the second I got home because I just like felt violated and weird and uncomfortable. And again, guys, I'm not trying to go at this very nice man who was like innocently kind. But for some reason, I felt weird. I just didn't feel good about it. I really didn't feel good about it. I really didn't. Like it really, maybe like it all just like came rushing to a head. And I was just like, I broke down. I was like, I, th- that was a horrible experience for me. It wasn't intended to be. And I'm so grateful that my HPV is fine. But like, no, that really fucked me up. 
I was not okay with that. So like, if you can relate to that, please slide into my DMs. And I also was just like so upset for all the women who can't choose who their gynecologist is. Like if you're on shitty insurance like me, or I don't know, if you don't even have insurance and you have to go into like a city MD and get your vagina looked at or wherever they do that. Like it's, it's really scary and it's really hard. And especially if you've been through something and you have to do that, it can be triggering. So I'm here for you. And I hope that was helpful. And I, obviously I overchaired, but I did it because I was hoping that somebody could relate to that. And I thought I was going to get emotional telling the story. And of course I deflected it with humor, but I really, really was hysterically crying after. And I don't cry. So you know, if you've gone through something, anything with any doctor that made you feel uncomfortable, you're not alone. Anyway, last thing that I want to talk about, and this isn't about dating at all. I am done, done with people calling things, saying mini moon when they go on a trip after their wedding. I find it to be the most despicable thing that you could ever say. Some people don't go on a honeymoon at all. Some people can't afford a honeymoon. Some people can only afford a weekend. It doesn't matter what anyone can afford. Just stop saying mini moon. Stop saying mini moon, okay? This couple I know, a few couples I know, have gone to Anguilla, which is where my husband and I went on our honeymoon, is the most beautiful place on earth, and called it a mini moon. And Can I just ask, what's the point of calling something a mini moon? Is it to say like, don't worry, we're not like, don't worry, we're going to do something better and bigger. It's like, we're not worried. No one's worried. The term mini moon, unless it's used because you are a doctor or some sort of career where like, you can't go on a honeymoon that weekend. So you like stay in the place that you got married and like have a staycation. Like that's the only, I think, appropriate mini moon thing that you can say. But like, I just hate the term mini moon. I find it offensive. Another couple I know went to Italy and called it a mini moon. Since when is Italy a mini moon? Italy is a very expensive place to travel. All of these places or it's like, what makes something a mini moon? Do you have to go over 20K for your honeymoon in order for it to be, have the word honey in front of it? Get rid of the mini moon. That is my last thought. I just really needed to tell you that. That's how I feel. Honestly, this solo really took like a crazy turn to like mostly be talking about my gynecologist experience, but I hope you got something out of it. I love you all so dearly and I hope you have a beautiful day.